It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for the Retro Show from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. With me is Tony Defio as we go back to November 25th, 1984. Tony Get ready to jump in that black and gold DeLorean with me, my man. I can't wait. That's one of my favorite years ever. It's a, it's a year I'll never forget. Like, like I know you, you cherish that year very much so. And, and I can't wait to go back and talk about it. 1984 was a great year for me because it was one where, you know, you're getting out of being a kid, going to your teen years. And you are still enough of a kid, but you're experiencing so many new things. And that's what 1984 is all about for me. And I know we've talked about this before. We were both playing youth football at the time, too. I was an American Outfitter Eagle, and you were a Sheraton Viking, Tony. I sure was. And that's the team that, that made me realize I, I can never be a running back in the NFL. But, but they tried to make me a tight end and, and a bunch of other things. Never quite caught on, but, but I still had a, a lot of fun that summer. I was an 80-pound nose tackle wearing number 76 for John Banaszak. And then in 1984, I was wearing number 68 for L.C. Greenwood. You had a legendary number on your back as well, Tony. There were a bunch of numbers there lying on the grass. And for some reason, I went right for number 75. Talk about nerve. But I, I'm, I'm still honored to, to wear Mean Joe's number. Well, if I had the opportunity, I would have went right after number 82 because I was a big John Stallworth fan. I do have my John Stallworth jersey that I have today, but that was my favorite guy. And this was the year of John Stallworth's comeback year, Tony. Yeah, comeback player of the year. The year before, he he missed all but four games with that with some kind of injury. I don't remember the injury, but I know he was – they were talking about his football career perhaps being over. Lynn Swan retired after 82. Yeah, Stallworth came back in, in 84, and it was his best year ever. A lot of people thought you were right that – John Starworth was going to retire alongside Terry Bradshaw because things were not going well, but man, he came back. They had Lewis Lips there, the rookie, and this guy, number 82, was absolutely phenomenal, and this was such a fun game to watch because the Steelers were 6-6 six and six at the time, and so were the San Diego Chargers coming in, but they were playing for the playoffs, 
but both teams were having some struggles. Now, the San Diego Chargers had a Hall of Fame quarterback themselves in the form of Dan Fouts, but they had a horrendous defense, especially the defensive backs were worst in the league. The Steelers, well, they had Mark Malone, the guy who eventually would replace Dan Fouts as the quarterback of the San Diego Chargers a few years later. But this was a team that was struggling at times. They started out at three and four here at six and six. They didn't have much room for a loss, Tony. So this was a very important game. 1984 was an up and down year for the Steelers. And they had a two game lead in the AFC North. I'm sorry, the AFC Central. I'm sorry. Oh, it happens die hard. But yeah, it was a it was a very important uh, game for them this late in the season. Let's talk about 1984 real quick. Number one at the box office was Helen Slater as Supergirl, but another very important film, one of the great ones of all time. He was with this guy named Schwarzenhoover Arnold something, and it was called The Terminator. I I don't know, Tony. I mean. He, it sounds like uh, that movie didn't do much of anything at all. He became a pretty decent uh, box office star, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's something like that. I, I think his catchphrase was, I will see you again. Or wait, no, it's got to be something else. Tony, help me out with it. What, what was his catchphrase? He said, uh, listen to me now and believe me later. No, that was on Saturday Night Live. No, it was, I'll be back. I'll, I'll be, be back. back. <laughs> yeah, the great Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator was the film. Really started out his legend. On the radio, another legendary singer along with his sidekick, Andrew Ridgely, was George Michael. They had their first number one hit. Wham! was number one for the first time three weeks with Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. This was actually inspired by a note that Andrew Ridgely put on his door and George Michael saw it. It was a note to his parents when they were younger. It said, wake me up, up before you go, go. And they're like, hey, that's a song. Wow. Never realized it. That, that's a pretty amazing tidbit. I had no idea. That's pretty cool. Useless knowledge. That's what you get from Brian Anthony Davis at BehindTheStillCurtain.com. So let's get into this game, Tony. Once again, it's a battle of six and six teams set to face off the weekend after Thanksgiving. But it was unusually warm in the steel city the chargers came in with the leading rusher in the nfl in the person of one of my favorite Steelers, a number 43 not troy palomalu but number 43 ernest jackson the running back and he was leading the league in rushing and the steelers had the number one defense as far as against the rush in the nfl so it was going to be power against power strength against strength right there now the chargers also had a very poor defensive back group great thing about having a bad secondary the steelers had an opportunity to try to exploit it with the aforementioned lewis lips and john stallworth what do you remember about ernest jackson he was really a good a good find for them for, for in 87 and 88 he was really productive i remember seeing him in, in, in giant eagle one time uh shopping at, towards the end of his career here and i said wow that's ernest i had never seen the Steeler in person before so that's what i remember about ernest jackson we love the big backs in pittsburgh we had franco harris of course jerome bettis but ernest jackson was a guy that was really fun to watch and he was really good for the Steelers, one of the reasons that they were in contention in those years. So let's get back into this game. The Steelers, like we said, had one of the best rushing defenses in the league. 
And this was going to be a very pivotal game for both teams. Once again, at six and six, the Steelers were set to receive the opening kick from future Will of Fortune host, Ralph Banershka. Do you remember Rolf? I do. He's going to kick the game winning field goal at, in the uh, miracle uh, in Miami, the Epic in Miami game against the Dolphins a few years earlier. And I, I remember being in awe that he was a, a game show host after his playing day. So I, I, I do remember him. So Rolf kicks it off, and we were also going to see Mark Malone come out. And despite suffering a concussion the Monday before against the New Orleans Saints in that 27-24 loss, Malone, number 16, got the start. Frank Pollard was getting the ball early and often in the air and on the ground, including a career-high 17-yard run, which is crazy as productive as Frank Pollard was for the Steelers the sixth leading rusher in team history till this day. He only had the highest run of his career being 17 yards. That's amazing to me, Tony. Yeah. Just like with the Wham song, that's something I didn't realize. That's, that's actually kind of amazing considering, uh, considering how many yards he rushed for, for the Steelers in the 1980s. We do our homework here on the retro show. Malone would call another number on the series and it was 83 and it belonged to their rookie number one pick Louis lips who he hit twice for first downs, but a woody low sack of Malone stifled the drive. And instead of the punt, Chuck Knoll sent in Gary Anderson for an attempt of 55 yards. Number one blasted the ball through the uprights and the Steelers led three to nothing with six twenty-five gone in the first. The amazing thing about that kick, Tony being 55, that lasted as a team record for so many years. It was tied along the way, but just last year in 2020, Chris Boswell blasted a 59 yarder to break that record. But for all those years, it was Gary Anderson with the longest kick in team history. Yeah. I didn't realize that uh, until watching, rewatching this game. I, I, I think a lot of people forget how strong of a leg Gary Anderson had. And, and he was truly one of maybe the, the first great kicker in, in team history. And, and, and he's somebody out that I always have fun memories of. Dan Fouts, winner of three straight versus the Pittsburgh Steelers brought his chargers out to counter. Now San Diego could not get that running game with Ernest Jackson going because the stout front with guys like Keith Willis and Gary Don, man, they were stopping them like crazy. Mike Merriweather was in there. I mean, this was a really tough defense. There's a lot of guys making sure that they could not get going, but the passing game was really going. Now, Fouts relied heavily on tight end Pete Holohan three times in the drive, including a 21-yarder. The usage of the position was quite diverse between the two teams, Tony. Get this, 107 receptions at this point in Game 13 for San Diego and a mere nine receptions from Darren Nelson and company for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We would be going crazy in 2021 if the Steelers only had nine receptions from their tight ends going into December. Absolutely. Yeah. This is the year that Benny Cunningham was hurt. And, uh, and you mentioned the, the number two pick. It'd be like today if Zach Gentry was your number one tight end because of injuries. That's what the Steelers were going through back in 1984. And that's, that, that might explain the, such a low uh, target rate for, their, for, for that position. That is a great point. I, I love you bringing up Gentry there. And that's exactly what happened. Luck would run out when the Chargers returned to the run game. They coughed up the football. 
Buford McGee's fumble was scarfed up by Mike Merriweather at the Pittsburgh 38. In comes Walter Abercrombie as he reeled off a 12-yard run, and Stallworth caught a Malone offering, but Malone overthrew a wide-open Rich Ehrenberg as a sure six became a punt to the smallest player in the NFL, Lionel Little Train James. On the next series, a curious decision by the Steelers to decline a penalty that would give the Chargers a second and 15 at the two for a third and five at the 12 worked. And Murray Buford sent a sky-high punt fielded by Lips to the Steelers' 41. Lips appeared again on first down with a reception of 15 yards to get the Steelers in Chargers' territory as the first quarter concluded. The Steelers continue to move the chains as Walter Abercrombie picked up 27 on a first down run. Then Malone dropped back and found Lips in the center of the end zone for a beautiful 15-yard score over Gil Bird. The Steelers extended their lead to 10 on Lips's ninth TD of the year, Tony. This was a very swan-like catch by Lips. He, he really he, he outfought the, the defensive back, and, and he jumped really high in the air. It was great hops by him, and it was a spectacular rookie year for Louis Lips. He was a very special talent that year, and on, he, he demonstrated that on this play. With the offense thriving, the defense stayed in the mix as Mike Merriweather intercepted Fouts' pass to Hollihan on a ball that number 57 tipped to himself. Malone took advantage immediately after a nine yard dash by Abercrombie to move the ball from the starting point at the 32 to the 23 passes from Malone to lips and Stallworth got the Steelers down to the two yard line. Then Frankie P our guy, Frank Pollard number 30 at the time plunged in from there and the Steelers were rolling 17 to nothing. Wow. Tony, what are you thinking here? They've got the running game going. The chargers were supposed to be the team with the running game. And Malone was passing with great efficiency. This was starting to become a route, and the offense looked solid. They looked like an uh, offensive machine, a juggernaut at this stage of the game, and Malone looked really good. Talking about a former number one pick in 1980, he looked really good. Obviously, the defense looked tremendous. Two turnovers early on, and of course, Frank Pollard with the running game. It, it, was, it was a really good way to start a game when, when you're needing to win and you're needing to stay ahead of the Bengals in the AFC Central. So let's go ahead and check on this game and see how the Steelers will keep rolling when we come back right after this. We're going to take a break on the Steelers Retro Show. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Steelers Retro Show. I am Brian Anthony Davis. Tony Defio is alongside me as always, and we're talking about the Steelers and the Chargers, 1984, two six and six teams trying to get to the postseason. It's going to be tough for both of them, but this was pivotal in this game after Thanksgiving in week 13. The score was 17 to nothing, and the Chargers would get on the board though, but not in the manner that they hoped for. Charlie Joyner who was chasing the NFL's all-time reception record, dropped a long bomb from Fouts early in the drive, but runs by Jackson and passes to James, Eric Sievers, 
and Bobby Duckworth got the Chargers into position, but the defense with two pass defenses by Jack Lambert held the visitors to a 29-yard field goal by Benershka. With 6.31 left in the half, the score was now 17-3 Steelers. Aided by a face mask, runs by the trio of Ehrenberg, Abercrombie, and Pollard. Sounds like a law firm, Tony, doesn't it? does, yeah. And there was a great hope for Ehrenberg in 1984 as a rookie running back out of Colgate. I mean, I love that guy. He, he was tough. Also passed to Stallworth and Pollard. Malone located number 82 for a 30-yard score in the left corner of the end zone. It was number 82's ninth touchdown of the year. The Steelers led now 24 to three. So you have Lewis lips with nine touchdowns and now John Stallworth with nine touchdowns. I got to tell you, Tony, this wide receiver trio was absolutely fantastic. There there were some great things in store for this offense in the middle of the eighties, the way they were rolling at this point and with the young talent and and, and lips. And of course you have the the veteran and John Stallworth. It was really looking good for them uh, moving forward. And this game was a great example. The Steelers' defense would continue to make their presence known. Merriweather would achieve a triple crown of sorts with a sack to go with his fumble recovery and his interception. The sack was number 13 and a half for number 57. Fouts lost 10 yards on the play and limped off with a hip and groin injury and was replaced by Ed Luther. Wasn't that Superman's nemesis, Tony? I think so. <laughs> I, think, I think you're right, yeah. Or maybe this is his son. I guess I'm thinking of Lex Luthor. There you go. After a three and out and a punt by San Diego, the Steelers mirrored the visitors and had to punt as well. But the results of then Craig Colquitt's punt were more damaging as James took the punt all the way to the house on a 57 yard punt return with 15 seconds in the half to make it 24 to 10. Lionel little train James, Tony, he was fast and he would, he would curse the Steelers for a couple of years in the latter end of the 1980s. I don't have very fun memories of of, of the little train, but yeah, this was a very, very huge momentum momentum, uh, shift for this game that for for him to to return this punt for a touchdown right before the half, this was huge because the Steelers were in total control at this point, the 24 to three. And then to have them uh, score a touchdown there, that had to be pretty devastating for the home, the home team and the home fans. And I got to tell you, they love those little guys in San Diego, Lionel Little Train James. And don't forget about Darren Sproles in the 2000s, who was a great returner for them. One of the reasons that the Steelers did not have to play Peyton Manning and the Colts in the AFC playoffs in 2008 because Darren Sproles went crazy. So uh, thank you so much for scouting those little dudes, San Diego. Lionel James fielded the kick to start the second half but it wasn't as successful as his previous return that we just talked about. Ed Luther would come out with a foul sidelined and would capitalize with new life after a third down pass interference was levied on Mike Merriweather. Luther went up top to West Chandler on a 63 yarder past Dwayne Woodruff and Donnie shell for the touchdown. Just like that, the Steelers lead was a mere seven at 24 to 17 early in the third Tony, is this the makings of a ball game? It is at this point. I mean, you talk about, again, a momentum shift. You're up 24 to three. And just like that, end of the first half, early second half, they, they scored two touchdowns, 24-3, 24-17. Your, your, your season's uh, hanging by a thread at this point. Wow. This marks a retro show first for us too, Tony, because every single game that we talk about, 
you are getting great results from Dwayne Woodruff. The last one we had just a couple of weeks ago, Dwayne Woodruff had his first career interception as a rookie in the opening game against the New England Patriots. Every time we talk about Donnie Shell, he has a touchdown, a key interception, a big hit. He is absolutely amazing. This is the first time we can actually say that both of these guys struggled in a football game. But the Steelers' offense would not go into hibernation, thank goodness. Riding Pollard for multiple nine-yard gains, Malone went to the air and lips for a gain of 40 yards on a single play. Pollard then took it the rest of the way and into the end zone for the second touchdown of his afternoon and a 31-17 to lead. So the mark of a good team, Tony, is to be able to come back when you surrender a little bit of a lead, and that's exactly what the Steelers did here to get back on top, and they weren't supposed to be the great running game. It was supposed to be Ernest Jackson and the Chargers, but man, between Abercrombie and Pollard, these guys were moving. To be up 24-3, and then all of a sudden you're only up by a touchdown, we'll quickly uh, get a, a regain a 14-point lead and take control of the game again. That was huge. The Chargers and Ed Luther would go on the attack again with runs by Jackson and passes to Joyner and Chandler, but drops in good coverage hampered San Diego and the scoring chance was for naught when Benershka missed a 50-yard attempt. Malone went for it all on the Steelers' first play after the miss, but Stallworth was interfered with by Lucius Smith. The penalty moved the Steelers 47 yards ahead, though. Then Abercrombie became the back of choice as Tunch Ilkin, the great number 62, got out in front as the Steelers moved the chains. Nervous moments, though, for everybody as Gil Bird, who made the tackle, was stretchered off of the field. Bird would not play the remainder of the season, but would rebound to earn entry into the Chargers Hall of Fame. On the next play from the San Diego Five, Malone connected with Stallworth for a five-yard scoring play, making it 38-17 to with 3.51 left in the third. It was a game just a few minutes ago at the beginning of the half. Now, Tony, it's 38-17. to It feels like black and gold momentum all over again. They seized it back. They sure did, and it was it was their game at this point, and the Chargers had to be feeling pretty defeated uh, at this point in the game. Down 21, the Chargers would try to storm back behind Luther, but Fouts back up through a pass to Joyner that Robin Cole snagged at midfield and took it all the way down to the Chargers' 40-yard line. Looking for more, the Steelers' offense retook the field with Abercrombie and Pollard moving the ball on the ground again. Then Malone looked for Stallworth again and achieved his fourth touchdown pass and number 82's third of the day. After Gary Anderson's point after, the Steelers led 45-17 to with 35 seconds left in the third. My gosh, three touchdowns. That's absolutely tremendous, and that's four touchdown passes on the day so far for the Tom Selleck lookalike Mark Malone, Tony. <laughs> Yes, he was. This was made one of his best games, maybe certainly the best game of his career up to this point. And wow, you mentioned the Chargers and their and their and their troubles with the defense and their def defensive backs. And that was on display on this play. Uh, Starworth was wide open, and the route was on at forty-five seventeen. In the fourth, Luther aired it out to Duckworth for a fifty-yard pass play. The Chargers were marching toward the end zone as another catch by Charlie Joyner got number eighty-one closer to the record. But Luther went back to the veteran on the next play as Chris Brown 
popped the ball up into the air and his teammate, Eric Williams, pulled it down for the pick. This was not the Chris Brown that we know of that was infamous in the 2000s for beating Rihanna. This was the Steelers defensive back who was really good back then, as well as Eric Williams, Tony. If there, if there was any thought of the Chargers having a pulse in this game, it was it was snuffed out on this play. And and you mentioned Chris Brown and Eric Williams will obviously go on to have a make one of the more important plays in Steeler history later on in the year. But yeah, this was this was big at this point in the game to basically snuff out what was remaining of the Chargers' hope. The Steelers' offense kept it up on the field as well. The Steelers' offense kept it up on the field as well as the new set of downs was achieved getting near midfield, but the drive was halted, ending in a Colquitt punt. But they'd get it back soon after when Luther threw another interception. This time, it was Chris Brown. He deflected it last time. He got it this time, the rookie sixth-rounder from Notre Dame, with the pick, and the ball was deep in Chargers territory. After a rare pass to a tight end, Yes, Daryl Nelson mm-hmm. got the Steelers to the one-yard line. Man, it's a shame Nelson couldn't get in on that. The Steelers were closing in on cracking 50 points, which would have been huge. After rookie Elton Veals got stuffed on the one, Mark Malone rolled out and took the ball in the end zone on the bootleg. Now 52-17, to 17, it was the most points ever scored by a Chuck Knoll team in history, Tony. For them to respond in this game the way they did with their season on the line and they had to keep winning to stay ahead of the Bengals, uh, this was an impressive performance, uh, maybe their most impressive performance of the regular season. And, and Mark Malone was a much better athlete than people probably remember. He had some, some knee issues uh, right after he was drafted, but he was a really ex- exceptional athlete, and he showed that on this play. Plus, we had an Elton Veal sighting. I've always wanted to say that name. He was the 12th <laughs> round pick for the Steelers back in 1984. Man, they had some running backs there. You not only had Pollard and Abercrombie, but you had Veals and you had Rich Ehrenberg. So that was a pretty good stable. Too bad Veals never really caught on, but that's a great name. I love it. Elton Veals. That's certainly one that I had forgotten about, but he was another example of that 84 draft. There was a lot of hope about that that draft class after this year. With less than six minutes left in the game, Joyner inched closer to the record with his third catch and then tied the record on a one-handed grab with a 25-yard touchdown reception with his 649th career reception to tie Charlie Taylor for number one all time. Visibly angry on the sidelines, though, was Joyner because his team was losing, Tony. San Diego lined up to kick the ball away, but went with an onside kick and set up shop once again at the San Diego 45. I don't think the Steelers fans really cared at this point because they not only wanted to see their Steelers win, which it really looked like it was going to happen, but they wanted to see Charlie Joyner break the record there, and they got to see it. On the very first play, Luther immediately threw to Joyner, who then became the all-time pass catcher in NFL history. Joyner is now tied with Michael Irvin with 750, and he's way back there now. But... Back then, it was a big deal. The passing frenzy was just kind of getting born in 1984. And all those receptions and all those guys ended up passing him up. Right now, it's Jerry Rice is the leader. But I tell you what, Charlie Joyner with the single bar face mask became one of the all-time greats. Wore number 18 back then. And you didn't see a lot of receivers wearing a number 
that low. They were all in the 80s back then, Tony. So this was a really great thing to see the old Wiley vet break the record at Three Rivers. I remember there's being something about a record when I was watching this as the 12 year with Charlie Joyner. And I couldn't remember if he tied it or broke the mark on, in this game. And, and, and as you said, like the, like the crowd at three river stadium, I was, I was hoping that he would, he would break the record and I was glad to see him do it. And it was, it was a different game back then, but 651, even in 1984 was a pretty big deal. And for him to be the all time leader at some point in NFL history, that, that that's, that's something to be proud of for him. Yeah, it's absolutely extraordinary. And once again, the fans didn't care. They were glad to see history as long as their team was winning. Now, if the Chargers were blowing them out, eh, the Boo Birds probably would have come out in three rivers. From there, the Chargers turned the ball over on downs, and we had a Scott Campbell sighting. Number 10 from Purdue came in to sub for Malone, who set a record for completing 81.8% of his passes on the day. The Steelers then ran out the clock, getting their seventh victory on their way to an entry in the AFC Championship game come January of that year. It was a 9-7 and seven team. They fought valiantly, but ultimately lost to the Miami Dolphins. But this is such a special season. There were some great games to follow, games that we will be talking about on the retro show and games that we've already talked about. So, Tony, it was so great to talk about this game with you, my man. It was a special year, 1984, and and this game was was ex- extraordinary example of, of what this team could be if everything fell into place down the stretch of this year. And, 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 and as we know, it almost did. It was it was a special year, 1984. They almost made it to the Super Bowl, and and this team has a lot to be proud of. All the interceptions from that defense, all of the sacks as well. So they had a lot of things going for them. But if you look at a complete team and to back up exactly what you said, everything coming together, let's look at these stats. Mark Malone, 18 for 22 for 253 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. That is absolutely extraordinary for a quarterback rating of 154.2 on the day. Walter Abercrombie, 19 attempts, 109 yards. Frank Pollard, 19 attempts, 79 yards, and two touchdowns. Then you've got Lewis Lips, seven receptions, 118 yards, and a touchdown. John Stallworth, seven receptions, 116 yards, and three touchdowns. And let's not forget Daryl Nelson, one reception for 12 yards. Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah, that, that, those are some extraordinary stats, and, and this this offense was very promising. And now people maybe forget that Mark Malone was, as I said earlier in the show, a number one pick. So he had a lot of talent, and and the way he ended nineteen eighty four, and the way he began nineteen eighty five, he really looked like he could be an heir apparent for uh, Terry Bradshaw. It didn't quite work out for him, but he would be one of, one of the uh, reasons why they had such a special nineteen eighty four season. And this was a special game once again, as I might have mentioned before. My parents went to the game. I stayed home. I did not get a chance to go, but I ended up hanging out at Showbiz Pizza, which was a knockoff of Chuck E. Cheese in Johnstown, PA. It was still a fun game for me. I went home and watched the rest of it on beta. So with that being (laughs) said, Tony, it was great watching this game. For Tony Defio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. It's so good to go back in time with all of you, our family here at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You can take us away. We don't mind, but come on. Huey Lewis said it. Listen to Hugh Anthony Craig III. You better promise us we'll be back in time. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.